Thank you for checking out this episode of Raised on the Radio from the CEP Network. If you like what you hear, do us a favor and hit that subscribe button and give us that five-star rating. And while you're at it, give us a like and a share on the socials and tell all your friends about the variety that you get right here on the CEP Network. The CEP Network now has a promo code for one of the best nutrition and supplement companies in the business for you, the listener, to use. Just go to truenutrition.com, look at all their great products, place your order, and when you go to make your payment, type in CEPN in the promo code box for 5% off of your entire order. It's that easy. We are excited to be able to promote such a great company and happy that our listeners get to benefit from it as well. In this episode, Patrick and I break down Adesanya Costa fight from UFC 253, fights that are on the horizon for the UFC, and Patrick explains butt rock to me. If you'd like to get a hold of Patrick Blair or myself, you can reach on the social medias. You can reach us on the Cerebral Entertainment Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter pages. And if you have any topics you would like to hear us cover about music, sports, or pop culture, email us at cerebral at thecepodcast.com. Now, let's get into the episode. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to yet another edition of Raised on the Radio. I am one half of the show. I am Colt Brocato. My good friend, Patrick Blair, who seems like he's on his last nerve as far as Zoom goes, but he is in Zoom land and dealing with a sty right now. So let's talk about that to start off with. You said like two days ago, your eye was completely swollen shut. It didn't look great. No, it was, it was bad. It was, uh, I have two giant whiteheads on the inside of my eyelid. Um, and they really fucking hurt. Uh, not to sound like a big puss, but yeah, it fucking hurt. <laughs> um, and my eye was like swollen, like it was bad. Um, was but it, was, uh, this did, is an improvement. Did it just like come out of nowhere? Like you just woke up and your eye was swollen or you, like you knew it was coming? No. Well, no. So Saturday, yeah, Saturday night. When my wife got home from work, she goes, you have a sty. I go, what? No, I don't. She goes, yeah, you do. And I go, no, I don't. And I just blew it off because typically I do get them quite a bit for some odd reason. Um, I promise I don't wear makeup as I know that's like styes are attached to women getting them because they share makeup with other women. Um, so no, I, I don't share makeup. I don't wear makeup, <laughs> but I do get them often. So I know what they feel like. And I know like when they're starting, I know what it feels like. I didn't feel anything. And then the next day I woke up and it was huge. That blows my mind that uh, she knew before you did. Yeah, well. She has to look at me every day, so and she, well, she I know, loves pointing you, out my flaw. I know, but you so. would think if there's something to see that you would feel it before you've seen it. Yeah, I didn't feel anything. I didn't feel anything. So that's why I said, no, I don't, and I blew it off because I typically can feel them. So here I am. Like I said, today this is an improvement. I wish it was something cool, like I got punched in the eye. Someone tried to mug me. I was protecting my kid. Nothing that cool. Anyone? No, I got a makeup. I got a makeup. uh boo-boo or whatever like it's fucking i look stupid any of those stories i would have rolled with i i wouldn't have believed it if you told me any one of those stories but i would have rolled with it for the show just to make you sound like a badass nah, i don't want to i don't want to lie to the to the audience i'm also in a terrible mood because the fucking indians got bounced out of the playoffs last night i had a, had a long night last night now the cardinals are in right and it's been a, they're playing right now Oh, really? yeah, they won yesterday. Yeah. So if they win today, they advance to the NLDS. Um, yeah, I think they just their game just started at four. Crazy. So, uh, which is not going to be fun if they advance my 
everyone that knows that I'm an Indians fan and isn't happy about it will give me tons of shit. But it felt all too familiar last night watching them blow two leads and lose the game. I was screaming and hollering. Did did it feel any different? Trouble. Did it feel any different because of a different season, like an odd season, or it just feels like normal? Like it does it fucking any other year that it might felt happen. like the same felt like the same losing attitude I felt for every year of my life being an <laughs> Indians fan. Same same fucking misery. So <laughs> now I have the Browns to look forward to on Sunday. They play the Cowboys. So I'm excited about that. And then Ohio State football will be starting in less than a month. So I don't we'll go get, get them next year, guys. Have we ever t- really talked about that about college ball? Like I get you're a you're a college ball fan too for Ohio. Oh, yeah. Big time. Okay. Big Ohio state. Yeah. Big okay. time. Yep. 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 Are you, who's your, are you a college football fan? I mean, not, not, I can't say that's that I no. am. I'm going to say a casual fan. Okay. Like I'll follow, I'll follow Mizzou, but that's about it. If it's on, you'll watch. Yeah. Right. You know, you're not, see, I, I go, I get as crazy about, Ohio State football and basketball as I do the Indians and Browns. And, um, I don't know how you have time to do anything. Like, how do you have a full-time job and still watch every baseball game that for teams that you know. follow, every college game, every M- MMA fight? You catch everything. It's life, man. It's life. <laughs> it's funny you ask that because my, my, my wife was like, you threw a temper tantrum, tantrum last night. And I said, yes, I did. She goes, it's not that serious. And I go, now listen, if you ever say something like that again, there's the door. I'm going to need you to take that back. I said, no, it is not just a game. This is life. And uh, she goes, you're not going to teach our son to behave like that if you're, if his team loses. I go, oh, no, no, no. It's going to be worse. Absolutely. Don't you worry. Absolutely. Uh, you guys are going to double up on her. I'll have someone to commiserate with. <laughs> it's going to be terrible but it's awesome at the same look is is as passionate as i get i know at at times especially if there's booze involved i get a little bit heated and whatever i hate the yankees i don't want to lose to the yankees ever and i'm glad to so i'm glad we were talking about this because this is what i was thinking about last night i'm just so tired of espn and their and i know this is an old thing it's not like anything new i'm saying here but their east coast west coast bias on these broadcasts man it is it's just it's so mind-numbingly ridiculous and it gets you it gets me so annoyed and so easily annoyed too just how much they jacked off the Yankees during the the two during the broadcast of the two games they played um A-Rod like trying to not be biased because he was a Yankee but you can still like hey dude we see right through you also that dude loves him some cookies have you seen him lately yeah, he is blown up. Holy shit. I had no idea. Um, God, he loves the baked goods, huh? I, I had no idea. Um, but God, they just, they drive me nuts with that. Uh, just, you know, favoring any team from New York, any team from Boston, so and do then you, any team from so Los Angeles. Do you, I mean, is that, do you think that's on purpose or that's just because of who the commentators are that they have and their backgrounds? They just automatically favor one over the other. I mean, I think it's on purpose. Yeah. I mean, Cleveland and St. Louis, they're flyover cities, so we don't get the same sort of recognition. I think that's sports media in general. I always blame ESPN for this, but 
it's it's a lot of sports media in general. Fox Sports is the same way. Uh, NBC Sports Network is the same same way. Yeah, yeah. So there, the perfect example of this bias is there was there's I don't remember who it was, but there was a major media outlet. I want to say like maybe like Sports Illustrated or something did their and so in 2012, beginning of 2012, they did their top 50 sports moments of 2011. Okay. okay. Okay, so the Cardinals won the World Series in 2011. It was one of the greatest turnarounds in the history of baseball. They were ten and a half games out of uh, uh, ten and a half games out of a playoff spot on like August 25th. Okay, they turned that around, end up making the playoffs, and go on this this you know historic run. Wasn't even in their top 50. Wasn't even in their top 50. They had the Women's World Cup team in there, and they lost. They had the Women's World Cup team losing the final as a bit, a better sports moment than the Cardinals having the greatest turnaround in the history of baseball. So that's what I'm talking about when I'm talking about these, this, this bias, it's just, it, you know, cities like St. Louis cities like Cleveland, we're like I said, we're flyover States. We don't matter. Right. Only Los Angeles and New York matter. So what- in, in it's, it's kind of, it's kind of crazy too, because we're four hours away from Chicago, which is, is a huge market, right? Right. Huge market. And they get a lot of attention but I still don't think it's anything like New York or Los Angeles. KC, but, KC gets quite a bit of attention though, right? Or do you still think no. not near as much? No, 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 not even close. Yeah. Really? I don't think so, but what, you know, it is what it is. So that was like adding insult to injury last night as I'm watching this and I'm hearing a rod gush over the Yankees win. It just, ugh, just drove me nuts, but um, like I said, what it is, what it is, it's never going to change. That's not like there's a, there's a, a remedy to this situation. The remedy is I stop caring about it and just focus on my teams and just drown out the commentary with something else. So like, but, as far as NFL goes, do you watch any other games besides Cleveland playing? Yeah, you do. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I'll generally watch whatever game is on. Okay. Um, but I mean, I do root for the chiefs to win okay like i have a davis they hold a special place in my in my heart dude speaking of um, the chiefs was, did you see that game last weekend how they won yeah that was insane we won three times in a row <laughs> in a matter of like 10 minutes <laughs> yeah it's awesome pat mahomes is a, is a ninja he's a ninja he's he uh and he's definitely nah, surpri- i'm not saying he, he surprised me because for the first while that he was in the NFL, I always said that he played way too sporadic and way too like he was going to get hurt is what I was expecting to happen because of his type, the way he plays. But he's proved me wrong so far, so I'm hoping that's how how it stays. Well, his contract doesn't give a fuck what you say. Let me tell you that's that. very true. Very true. It's- However, potential that, 500 million dollars he's going to earn. I don't think he cares about your opinion. But what was it like? But no, I mean, you're right. I could, I could, I think a lot of people thought that when he came into the league. I was curious because uh, when he was at Texas Tech, I, I managed to watch them play a couple of times. And I think one of the games I watched was him when he played Oklahoma. And I was like, one, I was curious if it was because he has this, he shares the same name as a former major league pitcher. And at the time, I didn't know it was his son, but he's Pat Mahomes. Pat Mahomes pitched for the Twins. Right. And, but 
I was like, oh, I wonder if that's, and I looked it up and I was like, oh, that is his son. So, um, so that made, that added to the intrigue of me wanting to watch him. Was, uh, was Mahomes another one I remember that, that could have went either way that he could have went to, he could have went to the MLB or football. I don't know about that. I don't know about that. Um, Russell, I know he played baseball. Russell Wilson was right. He actually Russell sunk. Wilson and uh, Kyler Murray. He's Arizona, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. When he was at Oklahoma, he, um, there's been a couple of guys. Uh, Jameis Winston played baseball for Florida State, and he's actually pretty good. Um, yeah, there's there's quite a few of those guys. But yeah, I, I know what you mean. I mean, he he. I would. I just remember thinking, God, this kid's talented, but I don't know if this works as well in the NFL. But he's he's just kind of doing creative things on the field that no other guy does either. So, you know. Yeah, for sure. And the I mean, just he the way he throws, like I think a lot of I have to imagine that a, a lot of quarterback coaches are going to teach against some of the things that he does. Like some of the sidearm sure. throws that he pulls off or like from one side of the field all the way to the other, like not, not long ways, but side to side. And it's just, it's crazy. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't think the no look pass <laughs> is anywhere in the book of fundamentals. No, I don't think so. <laughs> but, uh, speaking of ninjas, we got to get into this. Did you, uh, so you didn't watch UFC 253? No, but I have seen the highlights from, well, just the Adesanya and Costa fight. What did you think? Oh, so you, you haven't watched the full fight. You just saw highlights? Well, I, highlights as far as like basically a sped up version of the two rounds that that it lasted. So I, I basically seen everything that happened. And you, you get the idea that he dominated that fight. Yeah. I mean, Costa came in with a game plan that did not work. He did. Izzy didn't get hit in the face once. Right. How insane is that to think about, though? Like, to, if you think about that, how how crazy is that? He well, didn't get hit in the face once. Let's say like, that, and they only clinched, like, once, right? Um, Yeah, once one time up against the fence, and Costa actually was the one. But, all, I, you know, I, I don't remember who said this. It was someone was criticizing Costa saying that, yeah, when he got into the clinch, he backed up into the middle of the octagon. Yeah, he did that, but that was because uh, Izzy got away from him. I mean, Izzy's elusive. Like, he he's hard to keep there. You know, he's just too quick. He's just too... I would be less worried about being in the clinch with Adesanya as I would be moving back away from the clinch with him because of the reach that he has. Right. Yeah, I mean, well, that's he did exactly what everyone predicted. Well, what most people, because I remember when he when we talked about this post or pre-fight, I said I was a little bit surprised that everyone's just kind of picking him to win and win easily. But he did exactly what those people said he was going to do. He stayed on the outside. He picked him apart uh, with several different kinds of strikes. And the criticism of Costa is well. He, you know that's what he's good at, so why didn't you try to get on the inside? And, and I think it's easier said than done, honestly. I just think it's hard to do. Right. It's hard to do. Um, there's a, there's a know, lot of – taken a, In MMA, there's a lot of why didn't you do this, why didn't you do that? And it's like, have you – Yeah, I but mean, really? I just think he's really good. 
You yeah. know, it's just it. He could have. He could like I said. We like I said last time. He could have done what Kelvin Gastelum did, but in order to do that, you're eating some shots, right? And Kelvin Gastelum had to eat some shots to get on the inside. But and then there were other things I was thinking about too. Like if he had gotten on the inside, the result would have been what we saw. You know, Izzy knocked him down with the same punch that he knocked Robert, Robert Whitaker down with the second time. That moving backwards, that little like short left hook, that thing comes out of nowhere, and it's got a lot more power. It's like deceptively, deceivingly powerful. And so, it, if but, he does but, get on the inside, those are the kinds of strikes he has to endure. But wasn't there like a really powerful leg kick? Was it a head kick? Like right before before that happened? Yes. Cause it slowed him down yes. considerably. Like you seen it in his eyes. He was like, Oh crap. Yeah. Yeah. I think he was alarmed by the head kick. I think all of the leg kicks slowed him down significantly. And as much as he was trying to put on a poker face, you could tell they were affecting him. But the thing I was thinking about, if he does get on the inside, he's eating shots like that, which is ultimately the shot that sat him down and then led to him being finished. But when Kelvin Gastelum got on the inside and managed to get, you know, uh, get away from that reach, Kelvin Gastelum has much quicker hand speed than Paulo Costa. Right. So that's why he had some success against Izzy. Um, he's got lightning fast hands. Costa's, albeit powerful, he, those shots are kind of predictable to a guy like Izzy. Um, not to say that he completely telegraphs them, but I think it's pretty clear what he does when he gets in your face like that. But I also think it's one um, of those things where you learn from the fights that you've had and he fought Gastelum and he knew what the things that Gastelum did do that he succeeded with. You know that Adesanya has trained for those kinds of things now. Yeah. Yeah. But I, 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 I think he said it best. I mean, he's getting better. Absolutely. He's still getting better. Which is scary, right? I mean, <sighs> I mean, scary to think about when it was his hundredth professional, you know, combat sport fight of some sort. Um, but still very new to con all things considered, still very new to that was his twentieth MMA fight. I mean, that's quite a few, but there there are guys who have had tons more mileage fighting for their first title, fighting for their first title, not owning and holding and defending a title. There are guys with tons more mileage than that we're just getting their first shot. So, um, yeah, he's getting better. He's really good, man. I don't, I don't. And I, I said on the last podcast, I always, when I worry, when I worry about him, he shuts me up. I think this time he has shut me up for good until he gets beaten. I'm not going to worry about him. I, I, I don't know who in that middleweight division. I don't know who beats him for a while, for a well, while. I'm, I think, I'm, I think what's going to happen I'm a big enough fan of Adesanya now that I hope that you will just at least say that you're worried about him each fight just to just to get my hopes up that he's going to win. Because if you start, okay. if you let your guard down <laughs> and you start thinking, oh, he's got this, that's when something's going to happen. And then I'm going to blame you. Okay, well, I'll take the blame. I, but he, <laughs> he, he shut me up again, man. I, it wasn't like I was predicting him to lose. I just had a funny feeling. But I get those feelings a lot. I think it's because I like my Cleveland Indians. I get passionate about these these guys, and he's not a guy right now that I want to see lose. You know, I like him. He's fun to watch, and when he's winning, it's it's 
it's it's a sight to see. I mean, the Gaslam fight again is pro- probably one of the best fights ever. The way that he finished Whitaker was insane. Um, this the fight on Saturday on Saturday was insane. Um, it's just. Uh, but the question is, are are we coming up on a position where? you know, one or two more fights and is there anybody else in the division to give him before he needs to start thinking about maybe moving up? Well, yeah, there, but here's the thing. So I'm glad you asked that. So remember when I, I said that when, when John Jones fought Reyes um, for the light heavyweight, you know, when Reyes challenged John Jones for the light heavyweight title, People were saying that John Jones is bored. And I thought that was such a horseshit excuse to, to him fighting the way he fought. And, you know, I think he beat Reyes, but he didn't. It wasn't a landslide victory by any means. I thought that was a horseshit excuse. And the reason I say that is like, who's bored when they get punched in the face? Yeah, bo- boredom goes out the he- window when you walk into that cage knowing that there's somebody else that's trying to rip your face off. That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. So like that, and I I know eventually if Izzy stays at at middleweight, which I hope he does, I don't want him to move up. I'm tired of guys moving up to the way, clean out the division. Anderson Silva never moved up and fought for the light heavyweight title. Right. He stayed at middleweight. Just clean out the division. And I think that's what he's going to do. I think that's what he wants to do. But I think he's going to get a ton of pressure from other people to move up to light heavyweight and challenge Jan if Jan's still the champion or fight John Jones at light heavyweight. Um, and he's even joked about fighting Stipe, uh, is he? And you know, what's weird. He could, he's six, four, but where, what does he, he's walk- got an 80 inch reach. What do you think he walks around at though? To go up to two Oh five. He probably walks around at like two ten, maybe two. I think maybe he said on Joe Rogan's podcast, he walks around close to two twenty. If he's 20, 20 pounds is a lot of weight though, to that you normally cut to Stipe, fight. Stipe to, weighed, well, Stipe weighed 236 the second time he fought DC. It's a, it's a, it's a difference, but to when you move like Izzy does and you have that reach. Yeah. And you know, that's, I just, it, I just, it's my, an interesting, I just wonder what his, if it will affect that movement by get, putting another 20 pounds on him to walk into the cage with. I don't think he has to. I think if he just fights at his walking weight, he'll be fine. Are they going to let him do if that? He's around, why wouldn't they? That would do. That would be Who, insane. Who's going to stop him? <laughs> who's going to stop him? I mean, well, no. Okay. The so, so, that, so that's my point is that you're saying if he, if he goes in at his walking around weight. Okay. So if he walks around at 210. That means he cuts say, down to, you know what I'm saying? Like he's cutting 30 pounds. I'm going to say he walks around heavier than 210. You think? He's 6'4". Yeah. Yeah. I'd say he's closer to, to 220. I could be wrong. He's, I could he's, be wrong. He's but. lanky though. I know I know. we said this last time and you said you compare you see him and you compare him to other people. And, and I get what you're saying, but when I just watched the fight between him and Costa... I mean, as far as muscle mass goes, Costa's definitely got him, like by a significant amount. How how'd that work out for him? <laughs> I didn't say it's going to help him any. I mean, look at you. Hey, and Stipe, look at Yoel Romero. I mean, Stipe's leaned out quite a bit, man. Yeah. When they get in that cage together, honestly, it's not going to be. It's not going to be that big a difference. 
I think Stipe is a bigger guy. He's got more mass a little bit, but he's leaned out quite a bit. It's an interesting thing. Well, it's, it's back funny. to the original. Well, point. But, but, before, I'm going off. I'm going <laughs> off the rails before you go anywhere though. But you, you know, it's, it's funny that you're talking about him. Like you could see him fighting Stipe and it being, you know, pr- pretty decent when it originally happened to where Izzy and John Jones were kind of bickering back and forth a little bit or mouthing each other on Twitter. They were actually kind of talking about a fight and everybody was like, there's no possible way that Izzy could go up and fight John Jones. But you're saying it's completely it, possible. Yeah. And I think it'll, it will eventually happen. Really? They don't seem to like each other. Yeah, I think so. But, but I think that's going to come with the pressure of people are bored of him being a middleweight and fighting these guys at middleweight. So look, the next guy to fight him will be the winner, will likely be the winner of Robert Whitaker and Jared Cannonier. He called out Jared Cannonier after the fight and said, hey, if he beats Whitaker, he gets the next shot, which I like. I like when the champion goes, yep, I got my eyes set on this, my sight set on this guy. I think he's a worthy contender. If they give it to me, I'm going to fight him. I like when I like the fact that he did that. So many times you ask a champion, they don't they don't really indulge and they think they deserve more than the next guy in line. Right. And that's what moving up is. It's this whole moving up thing now. You know, everybody thinks they need to challenge for a second title or but um so if he fights Cannoneer, that would be an interesting fight. If Whitaker beats Cannoneer, I can't say that I want to see Izzy fight Whitaker again, man. Right. Because he beat him, he just beat him so convincingly. Well, that's also he basically finished him twice in the same fight. But that's also like contradicting cleaning out the division, like you're saying. I mean, it's you've already done it. Well, Whitaker can wait. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't. I just mean for his next fight. Okay, that's what I mean. I, I'll eventually see him fight Whitaker again. It, it can, you know, it could have if Whitaker keeps winning. I'm not gonna say I don't. He deserves the shot, but I'm just saying for the next fight. But then you got all these guys at middleweight. Um, I think you asked me. We were texting back and forth the other day, and you said, "Who else is there?" And I said, "Well." If Hermanson wins his next fight, that's an interesting fight. If he if he fights Izzy because his jujitsu is so good, um, if it ever gets to a position where he can use the jujitsu before Izzy kicks his face off, um, that's interesting to me. But that's still way down the that you know it's hard to even say if that would even materialize, but. I don't know. I think it's cool if he just stays there and cleans out the division like Anderson Silva did, who he seems to kind of like look up to and he's kind of emulating right. his career after, or his title run, I should say, after Anderson Silva. You know, I mean, he asked to fight Yoel Romero. I think everyone keeps forgetting that too. Like he asked to fight him. He didn't have to do that. Right. That did not have to be his first, uh, his first title defense. Um, he willingly welcomed the idea of fighting Paulo Costa, you know? And then he said, look, if Cannoneer's the next guy, I'll, I'll, I want to, I want him, I want to give him the next shot. So he's a, he's a good champion for the UFC. He does talk a lot of shit. And I, 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 I don't like the fact that he humped Paulo Costa after he, he finished him. That was odd. But um, yeah, but there look, Paulo Costa said a lot of shit, man. When you talk shit, <laughs> expect the worst man he, <laughs> talks a, he talked a lot of shit um so i don't know that i've seen said, 
Have you seen anything like that, though, or anything comparable? Like after a fight to somebody doing something to a guy that's down? Wasn't there the one guy that did like a front flip onto the guy? It was in like a lower promotion. Oh, I don't he know. He like used it. He like used his ass as a trampoline and then front flipped onto him. Um, that seems like I something. Uh, I can't, hey, but, what's that dude's name that uh, comes in and does all the front flips and back flips and all sorts of crap while he, while he's like in the middle of a fight? He's doing cartwheels and stuff. Does oh, the big um, dance on his way yeah, out? Michel per Michel Pereira. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. He called out someone. Who did he call out? Nate? Oh, he did he call out Masvidal after really? his last fight? Really? I think so. It, it's a fight he's not going to get. He can keep dreaming. But um, keep doing flips, bro. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I, I don't know who's going to beat Izzy right now. It's gonna it's gonna be a while. I think what's going to happen is, is he's going to age and he's going to slow down a little bit, like Anderson. What happened to Anderson Silva? And then he's going to run into the next Chris Weidman. You know, right? But but how old is he? how old is he? How how old is Izzy? Izzy? That was weird. 31 or 32. Oh, really? I thought he was younger than that. No, he's... Well, let me double check on that. I'm pretty sure he's over the age of 30. So if he stay... I mean, I mean, you, you can't... Everybody's different, so, you know, your prime is... I mean, I would he's say... He's 31. I, he, he's in the middle of it, but... You he's know, in his prime. How, how many years does it take if he stays healthy for him to start slowing down? That's the question. I don't know. I mean, when you fight a fucking guy who doesn't hit you in the fucking face, it doesn't really slow you down so much, does it? That's very true. He's going to go into his fight pretty fresh. Yeah. Uh, did you see the story about he had something going on with his, uh, his right pe peck? His peck. Yeah. So he was on he was on Helwani's show yesterday, I want to say. And Helwani asked him about it. He goes, I don't know what it is. He goes, I, I actually just got tests done like 20 minutes ago on this. I had to get an MRI. And um, people were accusing him of that's, that's the... That's what happens when you do steroids. There, he's not that, on steroids. That's a that's a uh, dumb that's a dumb assumption because I did see that. I mean, it's what they're what what they're saying is it's possibly like it's like they called it pseudo gynecomastia, which is basically what yeah. they call bitch tits, which is right. which guys can get when they do take steroids because it raises right. your estrogen levels. Right. And that's what they're saying it is, but it doesn't look like that to me because normally that's more like a like around the nipple. This looks like his peck was drip, like drooping down. Yeah, I thought it was staff when he when he walked into the octagon. Yeah, you did message um, me that. I, I was texting with my buddy that you've met that that fought, and he uh -huh. was like, "That's either staff or what else did he say?" Why would staff? He said something. Make it droop like that though, because didn't staff oh, like a be like a hole? I think, well, that's what he was saying. He goes, with staff, you never fucking know what it's going to look like. So he oh, okay. said it could have been the beginning of, or, but he, he said something else too. I can't remember what the other thing was. He said it might have been, but, um, didn't seem to affect him any. So, yeah. <laughs> but true. he did say that it was funny. After the post fight press conference, someone asked him, they go, yeah, John Jones was tweeting, tweeting about your right your right peck what's going on there he goes why why them dudes looking at my titties anyway and that's all he said <laughs> so well somebody else mentioned that it could be a peck tear and i'm like if that was a peck tear he's not going into that fight and if he is he ain't swinging right right arm like he is 
Yeah, but yeah. And how bad did you tear it? Jesus Christ. Um, <laughs> like off the bone. It's just like yeah, hanging you, there you, now. <laughs> yeah, it's just hanging. Um, so yeah, I, I don't know who beats him for a while, which is good. That's good for the UFC. He's, he's in my opinion now, the UFC's biggest star. Do, and I only do, say do, that do because... You, do you mean potential to be the biggest stars? Or do you, like, the reason I say that is, is the UFC using him the right way to be UFC's biggest star or you just think that he is? I, don't I just think that he is. I just okay. think, I think he has his own star power. I don't think the UFC needs to do much. I think he okay. knows how to market himself. I think he's really good on the microphone. He's really good with the media. He's intelligent. You know, he's articulate when he speaks. It's not fake like Colby Covington. It's not forced. He doesn't need a character I to see. play to be popular. I think he's just being be himself. Yeah. I, I think I think he's being himself, and I think some people find it to be a bit brash, but whatever. So yeah, I think he's the UFC's biggest star. We'll see what happens. But if Khabib melts fucking Justin Gaethje, he'll probably move back into that <laughs> that biggest star category. Yeah, man. But I don't know because like, as far as the way you might think, yeah, he could be the biggest star. But as far as like. I just don't feel like he's got the star power to be an undefeated guy. You know what I mean? Like to, to, to be where he is and where he may continue to be, he may walk off in the sunset undefeated. We don't know, but still, even then right. I don't think he's going to get the recognition that he actually deserves. And it's probably because of his fighting style, because he's not going out there and knocking people dead, which is what people want to see. Yeah, but I think Connor helped him with that star power. That Connor fight helped a lot. Yeah. And what he did after the fight kind of catapulted him into that that status, but which was pretty cool and I hope they show like like leading into this fight I hope there's some video and stuff of that. But I don't know if they I don't know if they'll reshow that or not. They may not cuz they don't want it to this coming from the biggest Connor hater on earth. No, I actually what I'm talking about is the uh, Khabib jumping off the off the cage yeah, into I people. I know I knew what you were talking about. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah. Um but yeah, I so I I made my my prediction on Jan was correct. Yes. He looked good. I was impressed. Did you watch the highlights? No, I have not. Oh man. You got to find the video or find the 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 time stamp where he broke Reyes's nose and you could see it immediately so the uh john anik and paul felder who were doing commentary missed it they didn't see it happen live when they went back to the replay that's when they're like oh jesus that's when he broke his nose um but you can see it and it's it's from a jab it's it but it was it was bad um jan's jan's good man um I always wondered, and I never want to test it out, but I always wondered, as far as like breaking your nose in the cage, you've got so much adrenaline going. I always wonder what, like how much do you really feel it? Do you know it's broke but besides just hearing it? Like do you, I, right. I, 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 always, I always wonder. And then of course it can go, you know, multiple different ways. Your eyes could swell up or anything like right. that. So I don't know. I, I just always wondered how much, how much adrenaline really plays a part in that. I'm sure it, lower some of the pain but it's it's still got to be horrific 
to know that you might get punched in the face again after your nose is broken. Well, yeah, just think about that's how um, Robbie Lawler finished Rory McDonald in their second fight because his nose had basically been broken for three rounds and he was getting hit just shot after shot with, after shot with to Lawler that bombs. <laughs> right. And, and that's, you know, it's not like he got knocked out. He got hit in the nose again and he just could not, he just could not take it anymore. Um, see, I think it's all about what happens after it gets broken, but uh, Reyes did not, he responded poorly to it. You could tell that was the, that was the beginning of the end is when his nose was broken. Um, but, you know, Jan did what I said he was kind of going to do. I mean, he just throws a different, he just throws a mixture of strikes. The body kicks were insane. Like he slowed him down right away with body kicks. Um, and in the exchanges, he just was better. Um, so you got a 37 year old light heavyweight champion and he immediately called out John Jones, but I don't think, I don't think, I don't think he's going to get that fight. I think he's just going to have to fight, you know, the next guy in line, um, which I think, which I think will be Tiago Santos and or Glover. Cause Tiago Santos is fighting Glover and Santos beat Jan. So I would say that that's a good fight to make. Um, a second fight between them for a belt. But could you imagine if Glover does beat Tiago Santos and fights for a title again? He's 42 or whatever. The 37-year-old and the 42-year-old fighting for the title. There's a couple of guys, though, man, that are still floating around way up there in age. Like uh, Arlovsky, he's still fighting, right? Mm-hmm. And he's how old? Um, he's got to be in his 40s, right? Pretty sure. Oh, I mean, Overeem's 42. Yeah. He's fighting. Fabricio's still fighting. Um, Who else is in their 40s and still fighting? Is Kane officially uh, retired? Um, yeah, I think so. Okay. He had enough back problems, I think, that put him out anyways. Well, I think... Uh, I think he went to wrestling. Got, Didn't he go to wrestling? Yeah, he's 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 wrestling, yeah. Uh Arlowski is 41. Okay. His first, I, I wonder when his first fight was. Let's let's find out. First professional fight. Andre Arlowski. His first pro fight was in 1999. 19? Oh man. I was gonna say earlier than that, but still, that's crazy. That's very crazy. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'll be curious to see who Jan fights next. I'd like to see him fight John Jones. I wanted that fight to happen, but John Jones is too busy fucking taking dick pills and ballooning up in the gym. Have you seen him lately? I seen the, I, I seen some kind of headline the other day that had him squatting and it was him replying to somebody out. Was it, was it Izzy that he was, that he was mouthing? Yeah. Do you look bloated to you? I didn't see a good good enough picture oh. to see. Okay. He's probably yeah, he's just, probably he look- eating all the carbs. If he's if he's if he's powerlifting and training that hard, I bet he's eating all the carbs. Do you think he's doing all of the calf raises or no? <laughs> I doubt it. He's going to need all yeah. of them. <laughs> He's those that he's just not going to have calves, dude. He's just not. I'm not going to mouth those. I I still don't want to be kicked by him. Fuck no, no. 
just because he doesn't have calves doesn't mean he's not strong. I don't, I, but I, you know, I, I sympathize. I don't have calves and I, I definitely do not skip leg day. And I just, it's just one of those things, man. I've been told by trainers that that's just something that you just, you either have or you don't. Now you can, you can strengthen them. You can build strength there, but as far as how they look, it's really hard to achieve the results because you're kind of just born with them like that. Yeah, kind of. But it, like, it also has to do with like what your sounds dumb, but like from the back of your knee down to your heel, like how long your leg is, because right. like even I, when you're doing the exercises, long, <laughs> right. The, you know, the, the calf muscle itself, when you're contracting it and releasing it, like it, I don't know. It's, it's just, it's different depending on how, like, I mean, imagine John Jones freaking legs, man. Right. Yeah. He's a big bird. Um, <laughs> shut up, you bird. <laughs> that was a sunny quote. I liked it. Are you going to watch the fights this weekend? Is that Aldana and Holm? Yeah. What, yeah, the what, cards kind of. Eh. Where do you, where do you think Holly Holmes sits right now? What do you mean? Like how comfortable how comfortable are you with her still fighting? You think she's still got it? You think she should be looking at the door sometime soon? Um, I think she's still. I think she's fine. You think? Yeah, as long as she's not fighting someone like Cyborg or Amanda Nunes, she's fine. Yeah. Okay. But once she gets to those kinds of fights, it's it's a it's a tough go. It's a tough go. But you know, against someone, uh, you know, uh, middle middle of the pack fighters and either bantamweight or featherweight, I think she she fare she'll fare just fine. Okay. She's really good. I mean, it's striker, but she got it. I mean, her stuck. background is striking though, which is I don't know. That's right. just one of those things that worries you because it's like. You know, you're, you're, what was she like a 10 time boxing champion or something like that? Boxing and kickboxing. Yeah. Oh, really? Kickboxing too? Mm hmm. Dang. You've been oh. around the block, man. But still, when you've got that many years into sparring and getting hit in the face, and then you have fights against like Cyborg and Nunez that just, you know, box your face off, it's, uh, Makes you worry a little bit, but I guess she's if she's feeling fine, I guess it's all nothing to really worry about. She thinks she's gonna get she thinks she's gonna go on another title run. I saw some headline Ooh. yesterday of her saying that. So hey, go for it. Go for it, girl. Do what you do. <laughs> um what kind of butt rock do you think she listens to? Oh, that's a good question. Oh, I never thought of that. Have you ever thought about Jeez. about that? Like I mean, I guess you could I guess like with MMA fighters, you could maybe judging by what their their song is that they come out to you might be able to judge what kind of music they listen to but i never really thought about that like what music any individual fighter would listen to like what do you think connor's bumping in his oh. headphones the wackest fucking top 40 hip-hop on the radio right now <laughs> I guarantee I I don't think he's listening to anything cool or interesting. Trust me. Um, I could be wrong. I could be wrong. Well, I don't know. It's hard to guess. Do you think, who do you think the biggest butt rock fan in the UFC is? 
who do you think has like all all of the Breaking Band albums, all of the Three Days Grace albums? If you had to pick one guy, hmm. you give me yours and I'll give you That's mine. Tough. You know how big that roster is. Just think about it. I bet Colby Covington's into some butt rock. Oh, God. That's that's it. That's an insult to butt rock, man. That's terrible. Yeah, he does. He probably listens to like uh, Five Finger Death Punch or something like that. I could see that. Or maybe he's just really clueless and he listens to like Daughtry. He thinks it rocks. <laughs> that's a step below Are butt you? rock, right? No, Daughtry's. Well, let me ask this before we get before we get too far <laughs> into this conversation. And uh, are you happy to know what butt rock is now, or what it means, where it came from, the the story of how butt rock came to be butt rock? I'm not. I wouldn't say I'm happy, but I'm I'm anxious to hear your explanation here because we're talking about a video clip. What was that guy's name? Okay. So I, I, when I, when I, when that came into my YouTube feed, I almost pissed my pants with excitement because I was like, <laughs> I have to send this to Colt immediately. But so, because butt rock is a uh, subject cover topic of conversation for us quite a bit. And as we know, you are the biggest butt rock fan in the world. Of course. Yeah. But so, um, there's this guy I follow. His name's Finn McKenty. He has this YouTube uh, he puts out these videos on YouTube. They're called the, it's called the punk rock MBA. So he does different videos about different subjects in, in music. It's typically going to be about um, metal, typically rock, hardcore and metal punk, whatever. Um, those are the, you know, the, the topics come from that place. But so he, well, let me give you the exact title of this. Hang on. To make sure I don't I, I don't want to do a disservice to him. But for those of you that are interested, you should definitely go check this guy out. He's a very interesting dude. He's a smart dude. Um, you can tell that he's well sort of studied on music and whatever. Um, and if you if you look up his Wikipedia, he's done a bunch of stuff. He's been all over the place. But so So he was uh, was he a musician or anything, or is it he just kind of is out there as a I think no, I think he kind of like, well, I think he was like, a, you know, when he was a kid, but I don't think it was ever something that he tried to do. Okay. I think he was just a big fan, a big music fan more than anything else, which is good. Well, that um, makes this conversation more interesting to me because with him not being a musician and you being a musician and your guys views lining up with each other, it's interesting to me to, to see why and where, where they line up. Yeah. He says a lot of things that I agree with. So he would talk about where, where, where it came from. And he said it would be from those rock stations and, you know, where they would say like 95 X the zone where we play nothing but rock, but rock. Right. Oh, okay. So that's, okay. that's, uh, which I didn't know that. I just thought it was called butt rock because it's butt rock. I was never really, you know what? I'm such an asshole. I didn't even ask questions the first time I heard it. I just started calling it butt rock. But I wonder if that was like what was actually on there would have been the music that you are claiming to be butt rock. Yes. You, yes. you think so? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. Um, you don't think so? You don't think <laughs> I'm like, just, I'm just curious. A station. I, 
a station called uh, the, the Extreme Zone 95X. <laughs> and then we play nothing but rock. What do you think they're playing? They're playing Breaking Benjamin, Shine Down. Okay. Uh, he did make a point, too, that if you go to Sirius and you go to the Octane channel, they play the same list of bands. Right. For he, I mean, they've had the same list of artists that kind of control that like the what you know what that station is um for years and he said part of the problem with that is you know it's kind of hard for these newer artists to break through because of that but he said that these you know bands like shine down breaking benjamin have really good fan bases their fan base is what makes them and he you know he basically explained in the video that like yeah the people that give the, the people that give butt rock bands the most shit are those other musicians out there that are too cool to write a hit song. Everything they do is super technical and they're really good at their instruments and it's really hard to play what they play, right? Um, and if you write a hit song or if you write a song that gets on the radio or if you write a catchy song, then you're selling out, right? But he said something and and I've always said this. I go, if you think it's so easy to write a hit song or get a song on the radio, why don't you prove that you can do it? Instead of just saying from a distance that this band sucks because they're on the radio, you get on the radio. Show us how easy it is. You know, if you're if you're a band, your goal is besides having fun, I guess, is to make money. To make more money, you want a catchy song, correct? Why would you not? Why would you not want that? So you're still baffled by this. So you and I, I were texting about this. When I, I, I sent you the video. <laughs> you, you didn't. You didn't believe me that there are bands out there that don't want to be on the radio, that don't want to be quote unquote successful, don't want to have like a rabid fan base. And I said to you, you've probably had some of those bands on your podcast, or you've probably had guys from a band or you've probably had a band on your podcast where some of the guys think that way. Maybe. I don't, I don't know your, your, <laughs> your long list of bands you've had, but I, I would imagine, you know, some people who think this way, trust me, trust me. Um, that they want to be it's, in it's, a band and they want to make music, but they don't want to be known for doing it is basically what you're saying. No, they want to be considered really good at their craft and they want to be considered really um, a really good musician and, and, and it's I don't know am I not explaining that well you don't get it I don't think so you're, you're the look on your face tells me you don't get it um then, then what so so they, it, so so basically what you're saying they is care these, more with, let, with me, let me people, say this they, they care more go ahead go ahead sorry I was gonna say basically money is not an object when it comes to these people it's just the music it's right. being a musician They're not in it to make money okay Right. They're not in it to make money. They're in it for the art. Okay. Okay. And they want to be considered to be the best at what they do. So if they're a, a prog metal band, right, they want to be considered the best progressive metal band with the best guitar players, the best drummer, the best bass player, right? That's what their concern is. Right. They want to be, they want to be adored by their peers more so than fans. And I'm using air quotes there. But I told you, I gave you a timestamp in that video about six minutes into the video, he says something, which is, it's, it's, 
how I have lived my life in music. I want to write songs that people can hear. I want it to be accessible to everyone. You know, all I've tried to do is write catchy songs. You know, I've never, I've never been concerned with being considered a good guitar player by other guitar players. I've never been concerned with being considered to be a good singer to other singers. I don't care. I don't care. I do not care. Uh, if Jimi Hendrix came back from the dead and told me I was a good guitar player, I'd probably jizz in my pants. But other than that, <laughs> I don't care. I don't care. And if Freddie Mercury came back from the dead and told me I was a good singer, that would, that would mean that. But, but other than that, I don't care. I don't care if you think I'm good. So, that you, is not so my, you would be that's someone never been my purpose. So you would be someone who is a musician and you don't, you're trying to make something catchy. You're trying to make something for the people, not for other bands. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Okay. I, I don't, I don't make music for other, for like, I don't need validation from other bands. I don't need it. I don't, it's not what I'm like. I don't for. understand why you can't have both. You can, and you definitely can. And why it's considered selling out by trying to make something catchy. I do. I the, the people, the people that think this way are typically, and I think we've had this conversation before and you still, you're still, it's, it's so funny <laughs> to me that you're still so confused about it, but the people that are typically thinking this way are like people that play in, in really like, like death metal bands or progressive metal bands or in like hardcore punk bands or hardcore bands. Uh, you know, very rarely is like, a dude in a pop band going to be like, Oh, those sellouts. Like it's not, it's just not the way they're wired. I mean, these guys are more concerned with the art. Like I said, um, in really like refining their craft, all right. than writing a catchy song that appeals to millions and millions of people. Um, but see, to me, that means like at that point, that's music's basically a hot, like mainly a hobby for you. If it's something you want to be really good at, but you don't, but, it's only for other musicians to see versus like making it for people to really listen to and want to enjoy. Right. Like, um, like th those kinds of people I don't aren't, agree gonna with make, that. aren't really going to make a living off of it. Yeah. I mean, I don't agree with that only because I don't agree with the word hobby. I don't agree with hobbies. Okay. We actually had this conversation when we were in Tennessee, uh, the group I was with and my wife. Um, I don't believe in hobbies. I think hobbies are things you do to kill time. Right. Okay. Um, music certainly is not a hobby to me. It's something I'm extremely passionate about and I take very seriously, but I don't call it my art. I don't call it my craft. It's something I do to make myself feel better. And then if it makes other people feel better then great. Right. But it's not a hobby because I don't do it to kill time. I do it for all of the other reasons that, for, I, I do it for all of the reasons that I guess to be sort of under the mindset that there's no killing time anyway. I don't have time to kill. I have time to make, I guess. Okay. Does that make sense? Like I'm making time. I make time every day to do something musically. So you don't have, any, so, you don't, so you don't have anything in your life that you consider to be a hobby. Um, no, I really don't. Because everything that I do, I try to do well and I try to enjoy it. Okay. Right. Not be the best at it. Right. I don't care about being the best at it necessarily, but I try to do it well and well enough to enjoy it. Okay. So like 
whether it be writing songs, whether it be writing articles about MMA, like I don't consider that a hobby because I don't do it just to kill time. I do it because it's like therapeutic for me to sit down with an idea and get it out there, you know, for other people to read. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't, I just don't believe in hobbies. Hobbies, hobbies belong at the hobby shop. That's fucking <laughs> at hobby lobby. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you know, putting together plastic cars and shit. That's a hobby. Do that. That's fine. That shit you do to kill time. Me picking up a guitar and, and, and either writing a song or, trying to learn the newest pop hit song out there on guitar. That's not killing time. That's and then again, this is all just me. Uh, so other people might feel differently, but yeah. So I, I don't agree with that statement because I don't agree with hobbies, but okay. it's just, it's, it, I, I don't know. Uh, here's a perfect, I, I can't name names. I'm going to, I'm going to try to toe the line very well here. <laughs> But these again, these again are people you know. But our, uh, this has probably been five years now. But I remember there, I was in a, it was in a, I was in a, a place with a bunch of guys from different bands. Okay, I had to be very careful about how I say this because I don't want you to be able to figure out who I'm talking about. Okay, so I was in a place with a bunch of guys from different bands, and there was a show coming up, right? And the show is going to have a bunch of bands with guys that were in this room. Okay. So like a festival, we'll call it. And they were talking about some sort of thing that was happening at the show and how they were overlooked to be a participant in it. Okay. Like they weren't considered to even be a part of it. Okay. And they, there were guys in this room that were genuinely upset. And the question they asked was like, what do they not think I'm fucking good enough? And I said, maybe not. But also, why do you care? Why do you care if you, they think you're good enough at what you do? Right? Um, well, aren't you? And they, then one of the guys said, well, aren't you pissed? You're not doing it. And you, they didn't even consider you either. And I go, yeah, I don't care. I don't need to be a part of that. I'm not, I'm not like, I don't get on the, like, I didn't get on stage to like show how cool I was or how good I was, you know? It made me feel better about myself, about my life. I was very in the moment when I did it. It made me feel good. And then, you know, not patting myself on the own back, but for a while, or on my, on my, my own back, but for a while there, it made other people feel good too. And that's the most rewarding part of it. Right. That's what I care about. Those are the people. Now, if those people have been like, no, man, you suck. You can't be a part of this. And then we're talking about a different thing. That would, that would be concerning to me. Um, so I just remember going to those guys like, fucking do what you do who cares what they think about you they're another band guy they're in the same position you are they're the same person you are the difference is you could care about the people that want to listen to you and not about them because they believe me most bands don't listen to other bands does that make sense how i said that most bands don't listen to other bands in what way <laughs> okay, let me say this. Let me let me let me back up. <laughs> bands that believe they're in competition with other bands in their city don't listen to that other band's music. I got you. Does okay. that make sense? Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay. I didn't know you meant so, the music. I thought you meant like to each other in general. They don't listen no, to no, each no. other. I get what you're saying now. The music, yes. Okay. Uh I've never been in competition with anyone, even though I've been accused 
many times of being like trying to act like I was too cool for school and I thought I was better than everyone. And I, you know, that no, believe me, I, I'm 100% telling the truth. I was never in competition with anyone in any scene. And when someone did get some sort of success, I was happy for them. And I thought it was a good thing because look, we come from a flyover state. We just talked about this. So if one band out of St. Louis makes it, that's good for all the other bands. That means that band is now getting, bringing national attention to St. Louis. But, other, Thus, but some bands get but some bands just get mad because it's not them. Correct. Gotcha. Correct. Um, so you're catching on. Um, <laughs> so with with me never being in competition with anyone, I listen to other bands' musics and other musics, other bands' music. Um, I bought the Inimical Drive EP that just came out. They're friends of mine, but I listen to their music you know um they've been around a lot longer than i have too and i they've i for a fact know well i can't say for a fact but my belief of them is that they've never been competing with anyone right they just like to fucking party and play music you know um <clears throat> so I, don't, I, I mean one of my favorite records of all time is a local is a st louis band's record so i mean i i yeah, I don't know. Which one? But there were... Are huh? you, which one? Are you not willing to name it? No, I mean, I'll name it. Maiden Waves. Um, okay. They're the record they put out in 2000, whatever it was. It's, it's one of my favorite records. It's awesome. Okay. I love it. I listen to it once a month. It's fucking great. Um, and another band, uh, I mean, this is going back, but another band called Calico System. They're one of my favorite bands ever. And they're, you know... We're in the St. Louis scene. Um, so, uh, but I did experience the guys who, you know, said, you know, accused me or the band I was in of being fucking, you know, nerd sellouts or whatever, because we were playing catchy music. Right. Um, and these are typically the, typically the guys standing at the back of the club with their arms crossed you know, um, judging everyone and everything that happens. And is this Whatever, an, also I don't, I don't, a band who's not getting their music played, but you are? So it's jealousy? Perhaps. I don't know. I've never I've never considered it to be jealousy. I just think it, I consider it to be sort of a, a sh, it's a short-sighted judgment they're making. Um, you know, the funny thing is, is the guys that were doing that, what they don't know is I probably would listen to their bands because I like all fucking music. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like the metal guys that always used to give me shit for wearing fucking skinny jeans and fucking having, you know, long hair and whatever. Like those guys don't understand that. I probably, probably did listen to their music, whatever. I don't make music for them though. So that's fine. Um, but they make music for me because I'm a music fan. Right. You know, I listen to it all. doesn't matter who you are. I listened to it. So it always made me laugh. Like, well, it was almost like those guys just lost a customer because if they weren't such shitheads to me, I probably would have bought their CD, but fuck you. I don't, you know, whatever. Um, so what, what this guy, we, this is kind of, I'm on a tangent here, but so what the guy basically said in this video was that 
the genius of butt rock is, is it, it appeals to a certain group of people and that certain group of people are diehards. They're ride or die fans. They'll spend money. They're typically uh, uh, older in age. So they have disposable incomes. They spend money. They buy your shit. You know, they don't have a problem spending $150 on concert tickets. You know, he said it best. He said, you know, the typical fan of one of these bands doesn't have a problem with getting a babysitter, spending $150 on tickets, going to the show, standing in the front row, buying a t-shirt, spending $100 on booze, buying a t-shirt, buying a CD, and then doing it again six months later when the band rolls back through their town. It's an experience to them. Right. Um, And it's all because these bands are making music that is catchy and it appeals to a a larger audience. You know, I, I, I don't, don't, the more I keep talking about it, the, I I feel like I'm making less sense, but I think you get, No, you're, you're making sense, but that, you know, you keep saying that it, it's crazy to you that I'm still baffled by it, but it, you explaining it now makes, makes it make more sense to me, but I'm still baffled by why you would want to be a musician and want to put out music, but not want it to be catchy and want people to really dig it. You're more to be, I can understand both sides, but I still, even if you just do it, you know, on the side, not a hobby, but if you just do it on the side, you still would think you would want to be making something that other people would want to listen to. You you would, you would think so. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But a lot of these guys want to appeal to 16 band dudes, then, you know, 16 million potential people that will buy it's believe me i didn't get it at first well i'll say it like this i understand it because in a lot of ways i used to think this way i got exposed to the artsy fartsy punk scene in st louis when i was young uh so i heard people speaking like this and at the time i was like i was young and impressionable and i was like well like yeah if this is how it is like i guess okay but then i but then I started going, well, I don't, I don't get it though. Like, because I, I remember going to a show to see a band, uh, this guy that worked, I worked in a mall and the guy that worked at the store next to mine, he was a big punk rock kid. You know, he's a punk rock guy. And we had talked about, you know, liking similar bands and stuff. And he was like, Hey, my, my friend's band is playing this show. Would you want to go? And I was like, hey, I'll go. Yeah, Absolutely. I remember going and there were people there and everybody was having a good time, but I just noticed the energy was like, well, are we having too good a time? Like that was just the feeling in the room. And then that next time that band played, I went with him again, much smaller crowd than the last time. And I was like, well, what happened? See, in my mind, everyone was supposed to be Nirvana and Pearl Jam. And like you played to fucking millions of people and that's just, you know what I mean? Um, but no, not, not the case. So, um, and then I eventually just started going, I need to rethink this because while I do like punk rock and I do like hardcore and I like all these things and these, these smaller, these smaller communities of, of bands and people, it's not what I want to do necessarily. I'll still listen to it. I still enjoy it, but it's not, it doesn't consume me the way that music as a whole does. So what I want to do is be on the radio and be censored on the radio and uh, <laughs> have catchy it just, I don't know. But I, again, I don't think because you're in, in a, 
I don't think if you're just because you're in a metal band or a punk band or a hardcore band doesn't mean you can't be catchy necessarily. There are bands that I listen to that will never be on the radio, but they're catchy as fuck. Right. They're just not butt rock bands because they're not getting played on the butt rock stations, but Parkway Drive is never going to be played on the radio. Right. It's one of the catchiest bands I listen to, you know? Um, And I'm trying to go even more sort of hardcore or obscure than that. I'm trying to think. I can't think off the top of my head, but, um, well, okay. No, either way, but there are bands that are, there are bands that are catchy without being necessarily top 40 or mainstream or butt rock, whatever it is. Um, that I think could potentially appeal to the butt rock crowd. The problem is, is they're not getting played on the radio and that crowd is devoted to their, pocket of artists and pocket of their community of people where they get all of their information from, you know, not, not the fans fault, not the band's fault. It's just kind of the way the the world works in music sometimes. Um, but I, I don't think, I don't think there's any reason why a person who likes Shinedown couldn't like Parkway Drive, you know, or right. like, I think an even better example would be some a band like um, I don't know, like Fit for a King or something, where they they're still really heavy at times, but they are really catchy at times as well. So like a, a, a person who listens to Breaking Benjamin could like that band also. Right. Um, so yeah, go check out Finn McKenzie. Check out his videos. The Butt Rock one was especially good. I really enjoyed it. But he's the reason he's good too is he's very self aware. He talks about in these videos how he used to be like me and be one of these people that when they were younger kind of thought this way. And as they grew up and fucking gained some intelligence and learn things, they don't think this way anymore. Um, so he, he approaches it from that angle most of the time and it makes for really good content because he's, he's a giant music fan and he's thinking about it from that perspective. Right. But just to give you an idea of some of the videos he's done, Hey, did you check them out or did you just watch that video? Just that video so far. So the late, the last few he's done. So he did the misunder in the, in the YouTube page or channel is called the punk rock NBA. But so he did the misunderstood genius of butt rock, the evolution of screaming from the Beatles to Slayer. Um, he does a most hated bands compilation. So the last one was blink 182 Creed and Taylor Swift. Wow. Um, and that's like, Oh, that's volume seven of the most hated bands, but I know he's <laughs> talked about um, the most copied bands in rock and metal, the insane rise and fall of MySpace. When scene kids and metalheads grow up, um, he did a video about Fred Durst. He did a video about Haley Williams. Uh, top ten worst fandoms in rock and metal. So, if you're if you're a, if you're a rock music fan, a lot of what this guy does would would likely appeal to you. So, um, check it out. I don't know <laughs> what killed new metal. What killed pop punk? I'm trying to find some more of the most hated bands. Can't find them either way. So now you get it about this, that there are guys you've met who yeah, guys you've so, met who think I suck because I try to be catchy. So now where I sit is I understand what you're talking about and how you're distinguishing the two. I'm just still baffled by the people that are on one side versus the other. Um, so yeah, yeah, I mean, well, 
It's unfortunately, it's just the way some people are wired and, or they've been sort of conditioned to thinking that way for so long that there's no changing it. But I do agree with what Finn McKenzie said in his, in his video. And I, and I, and I have said this internally so many times that I remember uh, spin magazine. I would have to go back on my Twitter timeline to find it, but I, that will take too long. But spin magazine did some tweet like hating on imagine dragons um, I, about them being like the best band in the world or something. And it was very like snarky and condescending. And I, I remember tweeting it, retweeting it saying, Hey, if you're a young kid in a band, no, you shouldn't be like imagine dragons. You shouldn't sell 15 million albums. You shouldn't <laughs> be in commercials. You shouldn't have your music in movies and no, you shouldn't play the halftime show at a college football championship game. No, that's terrible. Like in my tweet was something like that. Like, now, me, I think it's cool that they did all of that. And I think they're a very catchy band. I don't have any problem with them. I'm not the biggest fan, right? But I'll be the first to admit that they write damn good songs. So to Spin Magazine and to all the people who don't like Imagine Dragons because they're sellouts, go write a song as good as, uh, uh, what's the one, the biggest hit? Um, Radioactive. Go write a song that good. That gets that much radio play and that much, that many sales. If it's so easy, why haven't you done it? Get yourself a quick payday. But that's not their mindset. You know, they don't want to do that because that's selling out. Why would I? Because they they're, because they can't. <laughs> but that's not what they're going to say. Is what I'm saying. I know, I know. But I'll be the first to admit that I can't play. You know. Ingve Malmsteen riffs on the guitar, right? I can't, I can't sing as good as Freddie Mercury. Like, that's okay, it's okay, you know. Uh, <laughs> but I wouldn't hold that against them for trying to be that good, you know. I don't hold that against them. Be good, be a good musician. That's great. Get really good at the guitar. Okay. Uh, okay. That's that's your flavor. <laughs> awesome. So don't get mad at me for writing, trying to write a catchy song. I mean, look, I don't have a catchy no song. Like I, you know, I, I haven't, you know, like I haven't wrote, I haven't written a radioactive, you know, I, ha- I haven't, uh, I haven't written uh, what's Shine Down's biggest song. Any one of the fucking songs they have on the radio. What do they have? Eighty songs on the radio. I haven't written a song that good. If I had, you would have heard me on more radio stations than just a couple. And I'd be touring with Shinedown, probably. But also, I've never been in a butt rock band. Let's be very clear about that. <laughs> well, oh, I have one more question before we leave. Is there, all the bands that you've been in, would you consider them all to be pretty much the same genre? Um, yeah, and I what, guess. What would that be? Would that be punk? Would it be pop punk what would hard it be? rock it would be considered hard, hard rock? rock it would is it where are you going with this i feel no, like I, I'm there's not, one you're thinking about. no i'm where, not i'm i'm just curious this feels a little bit uh, okay uh no hard rock yeah for sure okay. um i guess I, I guess i could or, see like like say killer me killer you i could see it being a little bit on the punk side but um, maybe you have a I different idea of what punk would be than i do 
No, well, no. I mean, the beginning of it was for sure pop punk ish. Okay. I guess. But I'm not a pop punk singer, so it always kind of like it kind of like fell flat on that end because I I just I'm not a pop punk singer. I don't know how to sing pop punk. Okay. Um well, I know how, but I it's just not what I do. You would tell you would be able to tell right away that I was faking a singing style if I sang like that. Okay. Um so yeah, hard hard rock with the intent to be catchy, man. I I or be on the radio, I guess. I don't know. I wanted to be on the fucking radio. I wanted to be on MTV. I wanted to fucking, I wanted the music to be in car commercials and movies and shit, you know? Um, it's just what I wanted. Well, keep but yeah, it, I would keep, keep I working would, on it. <laughs> Maybe one day. <laughs> yeah, well, like I said, I, it's, it definitely is not a hobby. And it's kind of last point. It's always funny when I see like a family member I haven't seen in a couple of years. And they ask me the first thing, the first thing they ask me is, Oh, you still playing music? And I, my, I, my response is always, yeah, bro, I'm never going to stop playing music. Like, so, so do you kind of take that as an insult? 100%. Yes. Just because, and I'm using major air quotes here, people, just because I didn't make it doesn't mean <laughs> I'm going to stop playing. Music. Okay. I did a lot of cool shit and it was because of music. And, it, and you know why? I didn't take it for granted. I, I got to do that stuff because I really, really enjoyed doing it. And I did work hard at get, like trying to get better at some of the aspects of it. Uh, being a good stage performer. Definitely, if you see a video of me from 15 years ago versus 10 years after that, you're going to see a giant difference, right? Um, I took vocal lessons, you know, because I wanted to get better. I wanted to know what I was doing wrong, um, what I was good at, what I was capable of. Um, so like, because I, I, and I guess it's sort of my fault because I took it so seriously. They just assumed that that's what I was trying to make my career. And yeah, I would have willingly with open arms accepted any sort of success, like a a band, like an Imagine Dragons has, but it wasn't necessarily why I was doing it. You know? it wasn't like the driving force behind it. So that's why my response is always like, yeah, I still play like just put out a song. Actually go check it out. Like I, I, what do you want me to say? You know, I feel like they're waiting for me to go. Yeah. It just didn't work out. Like I'm never going to say that. Right. So whatever. Or, or no, I didn't make it. So I'm not going to do it anymore. But there are guys that say I didn't make it. So I don't play anymore. It's just not my, it's not my mindset. It's not, that's not why. That sounds and, like and it, this is going to somebody. Somebody who says that sounds like they're not in it for the right reasons in the first place. Now, I guess that's anybody's yeah. judgment on what the right reasons actually are. But if you do something right. and you don't like, like music and you don't make it and then you just stop because you didn't make it or you didn't have the success that you wanted, you're never going to have that success if you stop. I would say if it stops being fun. Yeah that's the time to say, yeah, I'm going to stop doing it. Um, it has never stopped being fun for me ever. Um, so yeah, I don't know. (laughs) So yeah. Yeah. Uncle fucking uncle Fred. I still play music. I don't have an uncle Fred, but you get it. You should have just left it there. I was going to roll with it. (laughs) Like Uncle Fred's kind of a douche. (laughs) 
Uncle Fred's a dick. <laughs> no, Uncle Fred, I didn't make it. Jeez, <laughs> let it go. <laughs> so. All right, well, you ready to know. leave on Uncle Fred? Uncle Fred can suck it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. And we're out. <laughs>